This podcast has some adult words and some adult themes. If you're a kid, you might want to go and play now. I've spent an awful lot of my life thinking of myself as a nice guy, uh, which is a really perilous, dangerous role to cast yourself in. Wanting to do the right thing, wanting to please, wanting to like be helpful, wanting to do all these things, and the and then the, the punchline is all of that is deceptive, deceptive, self-deceptive, and 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 deceptive uh, for those around you. I, it uh, it's not real. Disavowing your needs makes you a safe person. It also makes you a very boring person. Welcome back to Neurotic Tornado, a podcast series that explores relationships and all the beautiful messiness of being together. I continue to remain to be UV Zalko. <laughs> and I'm Jackie Shannon Hollis. So, UV, we've been spending some time this season with Nikki, who was on the verge and now has had an affair. And um, you and I have kind of gotten caught up in that affair. Yeah, the story. excitement. Uh-huh. We, we we met with Stephen mm-hmm. and heard his side of the story as they were having an affair. But today we're coming back around to Nikki's husband, Ben. Yeah, who's been out there not knowing about this affair. Yeah, and this affair has been going on for uh, close to a year. Mm-hmm. And what I would encourage you listeners to do is go back. If you have not caught up, go back and catch up listening to uh, episode 30, 31. 31. It was a good marriage, but. Mm-hmm. And then the next episode after that. Uh, and the one after that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. There's <laughs> three episodes to catch up on. Go catch up and then come back. We'll be right here mm-hmm. waiting. You survived, and you're back. And now what, Jackie? (laughs) (laughs) Well, we were listening to Ben earlier at the beginning of this episode, and he was talking about being a nice guy. We wanted to know a little bit more about what his... Day-to-day life can be like taking care of a boat, right? I mean, there's no end. There's no end to what you can or need to do i know what the metaphor is but if you get in a a point where you you're just looking for whatever the next thing is that needs to get done you'll 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 never you'll never be you'll you'll never reach completion there will always be something else and as long as you're as long in my experience as long as i'm looking for something like that there will always be something there and i'll never get to i never get to myself One of the masks that a lot of people put on when they are on autopilot is that they sort of know everything about their life. They know it, they they know the whole routine. They do they do A B C D in the day. Uh, later, there was a point in my life when I started to think, I really hope my kids don't grow up and just remember me as the guy off in the corner doing the dishes. What do you want the memory to be? I'd, I'd like for them to know me as a person. I'd like for them to know my. My passions, my enthusiasms, I'd like for them to see me excited about something. I'd like for them to see me angry about something. I'd like for them to see me disappointed. I'd like for them to see me trying something again for the second time in order to see if I do it better. 
I think this is so powerful, this question between the the life that we are living and what we hope for. Yeah, and I think a lot of people just stew in this kind of feeling, and it takes some big-ass event in your life to kind of wake your ass up. Yeah. Sorry for using ass twice. <laughs> so it also is connected to his sexual history or his life with Nikki and, and her issues with not getting what she wanted sexually. Yeah, and so, yeah, let's hear Ben's side. Yeah. One thing, one, one, one point, one element of, at least of my life, was that I, you know, I hadn't had a lot of relationships before I met Nikki. Yeah, so w- w- one plot element we need to point out is that um, he met Nikki at 24, yeah. right? And yeah. his only previous uh, sexual relationship before that, I was at age 17 with a much older woman. Right? Yeah, and that older woman pursued him, um, and he was pretty passive in it. And it was as a result of that, I never felt particularly entitled to my own sexuality. You know, I let things happen. And so when he met Nikki? You know, and Nikki made a pass at me. She's a smart, amazing person. I, you know, I, 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 I'm into her. Uh, but I, I will also admit that I, um, you know, the thought occurred to me that, like, you know, I might not have a lot more chances I sort of rolled with it. But you might not have a lot more chances. Well, I wasn't sure. You know, I don't. I hadn't had a history of 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 many relationships. I wasn't sure like when the next opportunity might arise. Uh, Jackie, you know, uh, I love how he's so honest here because people really do have these kind of feelings. And seven years had gone by between that 17-year-old relationship and meeting Nikki. Seven prime years. I mean, those are good ones. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) Well, and the other thing that I'm thinking of is this was also true for Nikki in a way that she also, one of the things she said is, I hadn't had a lot of sexual experience. More than Ben, but, um, and that that was something that was a key thing for her in wanting to try some something different. Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, I guess we we're both coming at our relationships at, at a later stage, and having you know, frisked around a bit before. Yeah, yeah. well, you frisked, <laughs> and I just moped. <laughs> Let's get back to Ben and understand a little bit more of where he's coming from. I felt a lot of shame about sexuality, and I think. Uh, semi-conscious deal I struck with myself was to um, it's much safer to respond when when your partners it made initiated contact with the sense of shame being that that any any desire I have is like you know wrong and inappropriate demeaning to the other person whatever it's, I would respond when she would initiate initiate a, a, a connection and uh and it seems obvious at this point that that's kind of hard to sustain because it's hard to initiate if you don't feel desired, right? The personal dynamic between the two of us was that, uh, I mean, Nikki is sort of an organizer. She, um, you know, she likes to run the household run the social life she can be uh assertive and uh and she can be a leader one easy method of coping with a person like that is to take the subservient role and 
like an awful lot of people who play that active leader role in their life, I think it was really interesting for her to reverse that. I mean, in terms of dominance and submission, I think that was a really interesting thing to for her to play with. And how was that for you? It could be fun. I never felt super comfortable in that role, and she wanted more of that than I tended to want to offer. I think I didn't enjoy it as play, and it ended up feeling like it was a clear indication of my shortcomings. It's not that she wanted to be dominated all the time, but it was so clear that 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 was so much not who I was. Um, that expectation became, it was hard for me. Nikki spoke to um, her perception that through certain points of your marriage that you didn't desire her. Desire is a really interesting thing to talk about. We're all insecure in some way, and and to be, and to be approached is to be, to get a sense that that you are desired. And also, I remember from my standpoint, I used to say like, to be approached means that that I'm given permission to be sexual. I think desire is complicated. I think desire isn't one thing. You know, you view this issue of desire, of, of wanting to be desired as a turn-on. I think a lot of couples deal with this, and they don't move forward until the other person shows some desire. And yeah, and it gets complicated because sometimes, like, your interpretation of desire may not reflect the person's actual desire. I mean, I constantly do this with Sherry where I'm— you know, we're questioning if the other person likes each other, and it turns out, oh, it's because I have a cold and I had a <laughs> bad conversation yeah. with my boss today, or you know. But it's confusing to understand mm-hmm. it, and we hearing Ben kind of circling around this topic, mm-hmm. and Nikki was also yeah. not uh, fully clear on right. the desire. And what's so interesting about what Ben says here is that for him. Uh, desire came from basically someone else initiating it, which gave him permission to sort of open up that gate. And yet Nikki's dynamic was, I wanted him to come after me. Remember her saying, I wanted him to, you know, her girlfriend's talking about him waking up with a heart on, and she's like, yeah. And so you're at an impasse with Mm -hmm. two two people who are in that style. You know, it's like, uh, I'm going to wait for them to say something. Mm -hmm. I'm going to wait for them to say something, and you're stuck. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. What, what do we do? <laughs> now I well, got stuck. Yeah. Um, well, I think I was that, waiting for you to finish that. One of the, we we're going to go back to Ben, and we wanted to know what did he know? Did he know anything about the affair? I did not know. There was a there was a point at which uh, Nikki went with a friend who was dying of cancer to a sex club downtown. It was like sort of like something this friend really wanted to do, and she wanted. She wanted a friend to come along, and I didn't. I didn't know about that. Uh, I found out about that. Nikki told me about that later, and um, we were on a family vacation in Hawaii, 
she she mentioned it. I mean, it's a swingers club. I mean, there was there was a lot of sex. We came home from the vacation, and you know, I I would ask her about it. Was there a, a, a fear or a threat, or did it just seem intriguing at this point? It was. I mean, it was startling, and it was. I mean, it was intriguing. The idea of of having the opportunity to to experiment sexually with 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 more people was 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 interesting. Uh, about halfway through that conversation, I said. Uh, did you have sex with anyone at the club? She said no. And, I, and we kept talking about this. And at some point, I said, um, "I said, have you had sex with anybody else uh, since we've been married?" And she said, "Do you really want to know?" Wow. I said, "Yeah." <laughs> and she said, "Yeah." And she said, "She said, you know, Stephen, right?" And um, that been intimate, um, and they had great sex, and that she loved him. I was, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to make of that. And then we went to lunch at a restaurant nearby. I remember it was almost like a, a a little a delay, a delayed reaction. Like we we sat sat down in the restaurant, and I remembered I remember really vividly feeling like I was like I was in a fishbowl that had been upended, and there was shit everywhere, clouds of it, and I just had no fucking idea what was going on. It was at the end of the day, at the end of the work day, when I remembered that she'd said that she loved him, and that was the part that was that was the part that was much harder to deal with. Yeah. Uh, like it almost it almost didn't really matter that she'd had sex with him, uh, but the 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 uh, like the emotional intimacy that that really sent me spinning. Yeah. Um, and that that prompted um, that prompted a pretty uh, a, a, it was a dark time for me. Mm-hmm. Well, she said that she said that that she loved him and that she did not want to break up. And I didn't know what to say. I was. Uh, you know, I, 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 uh, you know, I felt like I'd been lied to. Yeah. I think more than most moments, this deserves a whoo. Yeah, yeah. Because um, this is that moment of of betrayal, of knowing something's been going on, um, and, and not even being in shock. Yeah. You know, this is the moment where you, I don't know, I don't know how I think straight. Right. At, at yeah. this first moment. Yeah, yeah. So, how do you get through that? Yeah, let's let's hear how Ben processes this over yeah. over time. I mean, it was probably a matter of weeks before I mentioned it to anybody. I called my friend. Avi. Oh wow! So you just kind of carried that. Well, I wasn't. I wasn't sure what to do with it. Um, and you just kept going through the motions of your life. Yeah, 
except it was clear that I was not that it was clear that I was having some sort of experience. Uh, you know, the kids noticed. You know, I I I, I showed up in the self help section of the bookstore. I had never been there before. <laughs> I was I was in search of help. We saw a, a, a therapist together, Nikki and I did, um, and I ended up seeing a therapist on my own. Lot, lots and lots of therapy. <laughs> More than anything, I needed, uh, I needed to rebuild uh, trust. Yes. I needed to be able to believe what she was saying and that she was being redundant she was being honest with me uh, what made you want to rebuild trust i mean there's a there's a script when when your partner has cheated on you and okay i guess there's a little bit of a flow chart (laughs) (laughs) you know either you say stop it now and they say okay and you figure it out or you say i'm leaving you that's the script. I toyed with all kinds of ideas. I I told Nikki she had to stop seeing Stephen, and she said no. Uh, I told Nikki that she had to move out. She said no. I told Nikki that I was going to move out. And um, she said, come on, that's ridiculous. For a while, I uh, I overcompensated sexually with Nikki. You know, there was a part of me that felt like, oh, if I'm just if I'm just good enough, I could win her back, or something along those lines. There was a moment when I when I decided that I wasn't going to have sex with her anymore. Um, there was a moment when I where I discovered that there was something going on that was that was hurting me. Um, and I remember I, I said, I just spend too much time thinking about how it must be better with Stephen. Wow. Yeah. And, and then trying to compensate. And I said, I have to get off of this train. It's taking me nowhere. I was really struck by Ben talking about what Nikki said to him, which is, yes, I've been with this with Stephen. The sex is great, and I love him. She's had a year to... Um, Fuck. <laughs> sorry, sorry. Uh, you were going to say something. She's had a... Well, she's had a... A year, a year to process or to, to experience this mm-hmm, whole thing. Yeah. Yeah. Th- this, is, this is something I can remember reading and understanding a long time ago about affairs is that the person who has the affair has processed it all and it's, you know, they've, they've gone through it, they've understood it, they've, you know, and they've been caught up, but they've had the fun part of it. Um, and they've also gotten to the point, sort of processed it to the point that now I'm ready to talk about it. And often process it to the point that 
you, my partner, should be ready to handle this in the way that I am. Because I'm being honest with you now. Yeah. And but for that person, this is the and for Ben here in this case, he is just hearing this and understanding this. And what's more is he's understanding not just that it was an affair that happened. It's still going on and she doesn't want to let go of it. And she doesn't want to let go of him. Yeah. And and his the idea of overcompensating sexually that makes so much sense to me that mm-hmm. you know, you're you're trying to figure out how to navigate this yeah. and that's one of the tactics mm-hmm. and even if it, it brings on more pain than and, and what's also interesting is that he's one of the things he said was it wasn't even the sex that got him, it was the fact that she loved him. So but what he's where he's trying to overcompensate is sexually. And so you know, he finally realized I'm gonna get off that particular train of, train, train. Yeah. Called it. yeah. Yeah. That yeah. Oh God. That's you heard me earlier, you know, ask Ben why he wanted to stay. And this is a question I think about a lot. Like what what keeps somebody in a relationship? And now the mm-hmm. one easy answer is they're raising children together. Yeah. Uh, but I think it's more than that. It's not just the kids and um they're they have a connection yeah. and they both want to keep that connection. Mm-hmm. It's not maybe it's not sexual. Mm-hmm. But they they have an intimate relationship. Right. I mean, Nikki talked about it. everything was perfect except for the sex. And so this is, I think a lot of people don't consider this, that I'm getting everything else that I want. There's just this one area. Um, and if I can get that fulfilled somewhere else, if it lets you off the hook for yeah. me to go get that somewhere else, can we make this work? Yeah. I mean, one thing I've learned over, I guess I I haven't been... In many long-term relationships, I mean, the one I'm in now is the only one that has gone past three or so years. But you learn, I mean, even the silly things you do that it's like, oh, yeah, for seven years, you've been teasing me about the way I put the forks in the dishwasher. There's something lovely about mm-hmm. that. And he has some of that with Nikki, yeah. even um, even mm-hmm. post-affair. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I mean, I don't know how their dishwasher works, but just a guess. <laughs> Aren't they all the same? (laughs) There's one other thing I want to talk about here, and it has to do with some of the stuff that Ben was talking about at the very beginning of this, you know, when he was saying, I've always thought of myself as a nice guy. Later, he mentioned that he found himself in the self-help section of a bookstore. There was this book that he found there, No More Mr. Nice Guy. This, for me, was just like, oh my God, I can't believe it, because that book is also a book that Bill found, and it was a uh, Your husband, Bill. My husband, yeah, Bill. Yes, husband. thank you for clarifying that. <laughs> <laughs> and um, he, just for someone who tuned in, in four, just in four this seconds moment, ago. Yeah. <laughs> uh. So yeah, my uh, long-term twenty-eight-year twenty whatever. Okay, that book was really significant for Bill and for me. I read it. Bill read it, and I read it. Yeah, I just love the premise of it. Just that uh, this being nice and this desire for approval can result in. I mean, for one, it's dishonest and can result in self-loathing and other nasty side effects. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I think one of the things that Bill and I really discovered is that in his attempts to you know, go along, be nice, that shit would come out anyway. And it would come out often sideways. And, and you know what? I want to say this isn't just a male-female thing. It's a person thing. I think that Many of us can learn something from that book. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. And it's not to be confused with the Alice Cooper song, No More Mr. Nice Guy. There's a middle ground. Yeah, not, no more Mr. Nice Guy does not mean being a yeah. dick. Well, maybe his sequel, <laughs> the second book you need to read is No More Big Asshole, and then you <laughs> turn into a, a reasonable person. So for Ben, this book was really significant, and um, it allowed, kind of was part of the process in helping him explore um, what happens next. Yeah, what he did with all these different emotions. I had felt, I had felt anger towards Nikki. I, I, I honestly really hadn't felt a lot of anger towards Stephen because I knew that Nikki had essentially initiated it. But I, I remember one morning waking up saying, "What if I get angry at Stephen? What if I hate him?" And so, you know, I, we communicate by text a lot. So, you know, I, you know, I, I said something like to Nikki, I said, I, I hate Stephen. I fucking loathe Stephen. Like, I sort of let myself, like, try, try this on. Um, and, uh, and I sort of, like, pickled in those juices for the day. And, you know, that just having said those things, like, they, they echoed in my head quite a lot, the anger uh, and the pain. Um, and um, and somewhere along the line that day, there was some, there was some part of me that, that said, I, I said, I, I, I said, um, I, I don't need to be a victim. I don't need to be a victim. It's, it's, it's not. It's not. I'm not. It's not getting me anything. Yeah. Right. <laughs> I don't win. <laughs> oh, yeah. There's nothing positive that comes out of it. Next episode, we go to therapy with Ben, Nikki, and Stephen. I'm going to do a hoo yeah. That's my UV imitation. Okay. I'm going to do a little more. I'll just get my lower lip.